0: Well, welcome back to Talk Tech, everyone. Good to see you. New week we uh, have for another show. How about that? Our 18th episode this week, which really doesn't mean much of anything, but I thought I'd mention that. We spend a lot of time at uh writing about and talking about and uh, you know analyzing the whole electric truck space. It's interesting because when you do that, you sometimes forget what those trucks actually haul, and that's trailers. So our guest today, Ali Jabadi, uh, is going to help us understand a little bit of what he's working on in terms of electrifying uh, trailers. But we're going to talk to him after we do these headlines. First off, uh, we reported yesterday that Daimler truck and uh, Toyota are working together now to merge their Japanese uh, brands, uh, Hino and, uh, uh, and, and uh, Mitsubishi Fusho, into a single unit. Um, the idea being that they will be able to save money on uh, technology by working together. But there's also a couple other things at play there. One is that, you know, Toyota was really embarrassed by uh, an admissions uh, uh, falsification scandal that Hino went through last year. A very expensive scandal and one that uh, even had uh, the Toyota CEO apologizing, uh, which is kind of custom in Asia. Um, uh, Daimler, which is 89 percent owner of Fuso. Uh, doesn't really like having the Mitsubishi name associated, and uh, therefore, uh, they'll come up with a new name for this joint uh, uh, operation, which should take, uh, take effect sometime next year. Uh, you know, we talk so much about Nikola, and it's usually bad news, but, you know, they really are trying to uh, keep moving forward in the decarbonization space. They're working with PGT Trucking, which is uh, a company that has uh, set a letter of intent for 100 of their trucks. As well as Nucor, a steelmaker, to move low-carbon steel from uh, a Nucor plant uh, in Pennsylvania—excuse me, in Kentucky—to uh, a dist- uh, to a processing center. Um, just one of those things. I mean, you know, uh, we say so much about up So much of it uh, not positive, but honestly, uh, this is a positive move. So, uh, g- you know, good for them, right? Finally. Uh, next week, we're going to see what looks like, this is not the one, but you're going to see one that looks a lot like this, um, a uh, charging depot for heavy-duty trucks. This one that you're looking at here is is one that Cisco is putting in place in California. Next week, Snyder will be uh, uh, cutting the ribbon on a new facility uh, for its trucks. You can see the orange ones there, that, uh, that, it, that they will be using for 50 uh, E-Cascadia's from Freightliner uh, this is a program that California helped uh, help pay for. Um, in any case, a big deal out there. You're going to have to have an awful lot more of these kind of charging depots to keep up with the uh, demand and the purchases, uh, mandated purchases really, by California of heavy-duty electric trucks. So here we go, folks. Going to get started on that. Okay. So headlines out of the way. Let's bring in Ali Javadi. Ali is the uh, CEO and founder of Range Energy. Now, you might not know what Range Energy is simply by its name, but it is, in fact, working in the trailer space for electrification. And Ali uh, uh, has a background that includes time spent at um, at Tesla, uh, uh, where he was the former head of vehicle prototyping, and then also at Zoox, which is Amazon's uh, autonomous uh, vehicle subsidiary. Ali, welcome to Truck Tech. Thanks for having me. Hey, good to see you today. Listen, uh, you know, I, I, you know, were, you were a great sport about this when, when we talked uh, recently yesterday, actually. And I asked you, I said, are you answering a question with electrification of trailers that no one is asking? And, and you were a really good sport about it, and I appreciated it. But you also said some pretty interesting things. You said, yeah, well, think about your iPhone. Did you know you needed that before you actually had one? And you gave a couple other examples. So maybe you can help us understand uh, a little bit about range, about what you're doing, and the progress that you're making.
1: Yeah. Um, so, t- thanks for having me. First of all, uh, it's, it's an honor to be here. Um, it, 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 it is a question that nobody had asked, but uh, you know, the desire for decarbonization is so strong across this industry, uh, and of course, across from the outside looking into the industry as well, that. Um, you know What we did was we, we looked at all the different decarbonization solutions that were presented to the industry, and we realized that um, the trailer is being completely ignored from the innovation space. And I'm not talking about necessarily disrupting the trailer space, but definitely innovating on the trailer is, is a big deal. And this is something that, frankly, I've been thinking about electrified trailers since 2009, 2010, when we were building the first Tesla Roadsters and uh and and thinking about what happens to to electrification once it hits commercial uh, the commercial industry so it yeah nobody's asked for it yet but but uh now our customers are asking for it a lot
0: you uh, also you also compared it as i as i remember to trailer skirts nobody did they like those until they had them either so uh yeah. so clearly this is something that you know it's a acquired taste maybe or something like that now you uh you I don't think you came out of stealth necessarily, but but you did have your seed round back in uh, yep. in December of last year, eight million dollars. Um, I think you've since uh, you know gotten a, a, a sort of a bridge loan or a safe loan from your founders. Um, you know how are things progressing in terms of you know where you were in December and where you are now? I know that you had a presence at the uh, recent Advanced Clean Transportation Expo. Yeah, so we
1: um, we closed the Series A, or sorry, we closed the seed round in December of 2021. In fact, uh, and we've um, we've been going ever since. Uh, and recently, we just closed a convertible note. This is not a loan or or any kind of a, a hail mary emergency situation, but we closed a convertible note that helps us uh, with the current insider uh, that helps us get through the milestones that we need to be able to raise a convincing A round. And the goal here is to raise that A round over the summer. Um, and, and so we, we, about a year ago now we we were at 12 people and that's kind of where we came up with this thesis and we did some initial testing and, and stuff like that. And now we're at 27 people. Um, and we are, we are continuing to scale and, and higher and we have very high confidence, uh, from the investor community that, um, that we're going to be able to bring this trailer to market very quickly.
0: You know, the range solution isn't just about electrification. One of your claims that that you have out there is that you get 41% reduction in diesel use without uh, you know any additional operating costs if a diesel tractor, for example, is pulling an electrified trailer. Um, what kind of commercial arrangements do you have since it's still pretty early days for you? Yeah, on the commercial side, we're starting to work
1: with... Um, both the upstream and the downstream uh, supply chain. So on the the upstream side, it's the e-axle and and battery suppliers and things like that. And we have good confidence that we're gonna be able to continue our rate of speed uh, um, through initial uh, deployments. Uh, And then on the downstream side, we're working with a couple of the uh, very large trailer OEMs. um, And and the goal here is to uh, work with them to to deliver our, our technology line side And ultimately bring these products to the customer uh, in the same sales channels that they're used to
0: is uh, is the trailer attitude one of wow why didn't i think of that i mean is that what you're hearing from these guys or is it you know i mean I'm, i'm just curious
1: it's really really interesting um the the first and and kind of the oem that we have the deepest relationship with and and the most uh progression with our um uh commercialization with uh you know this idea has been around for a while. It's been around in the military. Um, you know, The defense industry has done this. There are a couple of proof points over in Europe for, for technology like this. And really, these trailer OEMs have been starving for some, some type of an innovation platform. Um, folks are talking about adding cameras and, um, and, and powered uh, lift gates and things like that onto these trailers, but the, the challenge is that they don't have a power platform on which to uh, add these accessories on. And so traditionally what's been done is a bunch of lead acid batteries and a lift gate have been thrown at at trailers or uh, a diesel engine and a refrigerating unit or refrigeration unit. But what we're looking at doing is bringing this power platform to the trailer. And that really, really helps um, open up the, the opportunity for innovation from the trailer OEMs. In general, these trailer OEMs are very comfortable with incorporating new bearing technologies or new brake technologies, new materials for the panels and things like that. But bringing in a new fundamental piece of technology like electrified powertrain and sensing is something that's a little bit out of the wheelhouse of these folks, and so we're we're a big welcome uh, uh, surprise to them.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I wasn't aware that there were military applications to this, or you know, European applications. So this this is not cut out a whole cloth for for you, but uh, but but this idea of getting people used to the idea that the trailer can literally. Carry its own weight, just like the tractor has to. Uh, that's pretty new. I mean that that thinking, and that's going to take some. That's going to take some adjustment, isn't it? It is, and it's going to take a lot of
1: of uh, transparency and and humility from our side to make sure that as we start to generate data, like for example, in the next few weeks, we're sending this exact trailer that you see in this video uh, um, out to Arizona to get some independent efficiency testing done, so that we can actually broadcast that data out to the public to show that it's not only us that are claiming these numbers. And and, uh, the initial customer pilots that we have going this summer are further reinforcing that not only with the customer side, but with the regulatory side. So um, one of the pilots is being done in conjunction with some of the California regulators so that in future conversations for things like incentive programs and grants, uh, trailers are part of that conversation um, uh, going forward.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to if you didn't, and that is this idea that to some extent you're sort of like the kid with his nose pressed against the glass, looking at all this incentive money, but not really qualifying for much of it. Uh, it and I don't know what you are qualified for. I, I guess I would ask about you know the the cooling units, the trues first, and then you know whether there is in fact you know a way to you know kind of tap into some of this. Uh, we just wrote this week about, you know, there's like 650 uh, incentive programs across the country, both federal and state. It, what's out there for you? What can you actually tap into today? Anything?
1: Uh, because our trailer is this power platform, we can actually tap into some of the TRU incentives um, because we are ETRU ready. Uh, we are fully TRU ready on on the trailer. Um, but we are being very proactive. Like I said, uh, some of these pilots are being done in conjunction with the, um, uh, folks like the California Air Resources Board and, um, and other folks like that so that, uh, we, we do continue to qualify for and are presented with more and more of these uh, incentive programs as they come up. And, and like I said, a lot of these incentives are focused on the tractor or charging infrastructure. Uh, and we believe that that's going to get expanded to, to trailers and our customers are going to see some massive benefits here pretty soon.
0: So, even though today you're considered an off-road vehicle, and that's part of the reason that, at least by definition, you don't qualify, you think there is s- some moving. You know, this reminds me a little bit, Ali, of uh, of of what hylion has gone through. You know, they've got a pretty good solution in terms of, uh, you know, either natural gas or RNG and electricity. And they, you know, they qualify for some of the incentive, but maybe not the whole thing. Do you think that's one of the outcomes that you may see as well? That may sort be the course.
1: case.
0: We, we or, may only I mean, you expect to get the full thing, yeah, you know, full full amounts. You yeah. know,
1: you know, it's such a moving target that it's really hard to say what we would like, what you know, what our ideal scenario is. And and frankly, it would be foolish for me to to bet the farm on these incentives or these um uh, these programs that are there. And so we're actually building our system fundamentally, you know, on the on the business case so that it actually makes sense and it's uh and it's on cost parity with the total cost of ownership of today's trailers. Um if you take into account the the fact that you're going to be um replacing over 40% of your diesel spend over the life of that trailer with a little bit of incremental uh equipment cost and the cost to charge, which is actually migrating kind of down as the cost of electricity is or sorry the cost of gasoline is going up. Um we find that that there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of other benefits here that 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 are just beyond this kind of Forty percent fuel economy increase.
0: Let's let's talk for just a minute about sort of the the structure. And and I don't need to go into the weeds here. But um, there is is there I should ask is there a weight penalty with what you're doing by the time you add you know either electrify platform or you know ex on an things like that? Are these trade offs or is this adding uh you know weight to the to the overall trailer?
1: So and this is going to be. A I'm sorry. There are there are trade-offs in the same in a similar fashion that you have a let's say a twelve thousand pound payload impact from an e Cascadia or a or a Tesla Semi, you have about a four thousand pound gross payload impact with our system, but again we're working with the uh, regulators to to bring in at the very least that two thousand pound allowance for electrification, but we're also working on other incentives uh, uh, or other programs to be able to. To uh, net out that that mass balance, but one thing I'll say, one thing I'll say is from our research um, and understanding that about seventy percent of the loads are, are cubed out before they're massed out. We still believe that there's still a huge application for this this uh, product, but contrary to what we thought, our first big customer is a uh, beverage distributor and bottler, and so. <laughs> you know, they are massed out on every single load of a 48 foot trailer, but they're still super, super excited about the the benefits that we're going to be able to bring to their fleet through this technology. And they're, and they're gung ho.
0: The 2000 so, pounds you mentioned, is that the 2000 that it exists out there right now? They'll go from 80 to 82. And, you know, so you would just right. sort of apply that to us, you, you know, the, the, the trailers. Yeah. Um, how about, uh, how about production? When do you see that actually happening? And let's talk a little bit about, you said, uh, you know, line side, I think, you know, at maybe a trailer manufacturer. Um, when do you see that actually
1: happening? Uh, our goal is to start production at the end of 2024. So it's not that far away. Um, and, and first customer deliveries are in 2025. Uh, we are uh, currently planning on delivering brand new units to those customers. Uh, We do have an an option, depending on who the customer is and what their current fleet size is, to establish a retrofit program. So our system does retrofit onto existing dry vans and reefers. Um, So we can actually bring our system to your current fleet without you having to buy new trailers. Um, But initially, uh, we're we're looking to deliver um, early 2025 uh, brand new units to our customers.
0: How How big a tear up would a retrofit be to do this?
1: Uh, the, the only exist- kind of, uh, so the nice thing is that our suspension slider clips right into the slider rails of every one of those trailers out there and our battery pack clips into the I-beams that are underneath the floor of the trailer. So those are all relatively bolt in and we're, and we're actually developing a, you know, a few hour single person process to be able to retrofit trailers out in a gravel lot if if need be. Um, the only kind of deep piece of integration is the, the kingpin sensor. And depending on how we integrate that kingpin sensor, that kind of depends on the manufacturer of the trailer. They, they, you know, will weld in, or in some cases bolt in the kingpin in a different way. So we have, uh, different scenarios for different trailer manufacturers of how we integrate, uh, sensing into the kingpin, but it is a pretty, pretty forward retrofit.
0: Yeah. Trailers typically go. I don't know what the exact life is. Let's call it ten years. Maybe it's higher. Maybe it's longer for some. How, what uh, the work that you're having done in terms of uh, getting some of your numbers checked independently? Are you also looking at durability at, at, at length of life? I mean, how long will this be expected to, to hold up? When would you have to change batteries and that kind of thing?
1: Yeah. So, it, in and one thing that the more that people will learn about range, the more that We'll learn that we're very pragmatic with our applications and our tools. We're not in this to disrupt any industry or to change the way that that you're working. And so, we, um, sorry, I'm blanking out on the specific question as I got into my train yeah, of thought. What I, was I it? was
0: asking about about durability and also about yeah. you know battery so, swap? Exactly.
1: Yeah. So we are ma- we are focused on um, and we are matching the existing durability cycles of a trailer. So if we're looking at 10 years, million plus miles, that's what our system should deliver to the customer as they expect a current trailer to work. Um, and then mm-hmm. if, if we do, and, and our battery uh, charge cycling and and the life and degradation of the battery will match that duty cycle. Now, if some reason somebody needs to swap out a battery pack, maybe in the future they want to expand their capacity of that trailer or something like that, It is a it is absolutely a pretty straightforward service operation. Yeah.
0: Okay. You know, everybody on this show, when you're a startup, you get these questions from me, which has to do with finances, right? I mean, we talked a little bit about your raise, about your, uh, um, you know, the extra money you got to keep going. You mentioned this summer for your A round. uh, This is still a pretty brutal market, Ali, uh, you know, to to get money, right? Um, And when you're acquiring trailers, and I'm just using a round number of $30,000 each, because I think that's probably close. Maybe it's higher. I don't know. Currently, uh, drive-in you know, sixty-five thousand dollars drive-in. Really? Wow. That's, okay. Oh my yeah. goodness. Well, they passed through a lot of costs, didn't they?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the trailer guy, heard, for, Yeah, the, the, the cheapest I have heard at volume was sixty thousand for a trailer.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I thought drive vans were less, but I'm obviously I'm missing something. You know, uh, at that price, I mean, you're making my point, though, uh, you know, how are you able to sort of manage your cash when you have to go, at least for now, anyway, buy trailers, Uh, you know, and and that sort of thing? Uh, You know, you mentioned employment doubling. That's also cost. Um, You know, runway is always the question here, right? I mean, you know, how how situated are you? We're pretty confident
1: in our in our runway. So today we have enough runway to continue with our current very, very aggressive and fast plan. To go out at least a year. So we're, we're very confident that we're going to get through this funding round um, uh, with, with a good outcome. And and we also have several um, investors that have expressed interest in, uh, in participating and or leading the A round. So we have good signals from the industry or from the investment community that this is something that they would like to see come to market. Um, and, and as far as, you know, things like managing cash burn and, and things like that, obviously we have to be as scrappy as possible, no matter what the funding environment is, even if it's super generous, you never know what can change. So, uh, scrappiness is just part of the DNA here. I think, um, looking for efficiencies where we can cost efficiencies, whether, you know, if we need to do some isolated test that doesn't need to see a, a, a customer, maybe we don't need to buy a brand new trailer to retrofit. And in fact, going on going forward in the future with with some of the commercial relationships we have with uh, the large trailer OEMs, it's unlikely that we'll probably go to a dealership and buy another trailer again for a while. So right. Um, right. I'm 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 confident uh, on our ability to to last through this this kind of storm.
0: Okay. Well I appreciate the candor because you know I have to ask those questions. You just have to when yeah, you talk absolutely. to, yeah. it's, it's to with it's space
1: like as an operator, my my biggest question would be, how am I going to know you're going to be around in five years to warranty yeah. this thing, to take care of it, right? Or to sell me more in five years if it's going well. So those are all super duper important questions.
0: Yeah. Okay. So here's another one. And and yeah, I, set, I teed it up with you yesterday. So you know what's coming. And that is, do you see your technology, what you're working on as something that let you use five years? Let's go there. In five years, will okay. we know what range energy is or will you have been... If you're successful, uh, will you have been acquired by one of the major trailer makers, or somehow either licensing? What, how do you see that playing out over over time? Assuming you get past these early testing and you know early evaluations, um, I'm very confident that Range
1: Range's suite of technologies and Range as a brand will be around for a very long time to come. And I'm I'm uh, and I'm excited okay. to, to share all of the other stuff that we have uh, in our back pocket with the rest of the world when the time is right, as far as innovation on the trailer space, all the way from the Class A, all the way down to a a privately owned consumer bicycle trailer, for example. So we, we are, we're very confident that we have some staying power and we have runway in our technological pipeline to, to last us, um, many years out. Now, as far as potential acquisitions, there are always, uh, you know, those are all things that, that are out there and, and possible. Um, our ultimate goal is to get these drive vans and these Class 8 trailers into customers' hands as quickly and effectively as possible. And if if that is, uh, if that is the right way to do it, uh, whether it's some kind of an acquisition or a licensing deal or uh, some other form of, of partnership, then, uh, then we'll do it. Nothing is off the table at this time, um, uh, except for making sure that, that uh, we continue to be huge uh, added value to our customers.
0: Yeah, I didn't ask you this when we talked earlier, but what about IP? Is that, um, is there a, a stack of patents uh, behind you there, or, or applied yeah, for? We have, where, where? Yeah, we have um, we have five uh,
1: large tranches of claims that we've uh, we we've begun to to go through the filings on, and so we're being very aggressive with the IP filings. Like I said, there is precedence before in the industry or outside of the industry. So um, we are working through the the different claims that have been made uh, in the past, but we're very confident that, um, uh, especially for things like system safety, reliability, um, and and system efficiency, uh, we have the um, the filings and, and the patents that we need to be able to operate freely.
0: Great, Ali. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate having you on the show. Get to learn a little bit more yeah. of what you're up to. We're going to be watching to see what's happening in some of the announcements you have coming. Okay. Excited thanks to again share. for joining. Okay, thanks. Great. All right. So next week we're going to talk to yet another startup. Although these guys uh, have done pretty well on the on the uh, uh, raising money side, uh, Outrider, which is automating distribution yards, um, at this point has just recently raised seventy million dollars in in their uh, B round, and uh, you know we will have Andrew Smith, the CEO of Outrider, with us next week. Hope you'll join us then. Thanks for watching.